Hey sickos, I'm LJ. And I'm Toe. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. We don't typically provide trigger warnings due to the nature of the content we discuss. Listener discretion is advised. We are also potty mouths. If you're not put off by that, shout out you. Buckle up and get ready for another episode of Say Psycho. To shop brand merchandise, access our socials, or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platforms and consult the link tree in our bio, or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so that we can continue to reach more people. Following us on Patreon enables us to produce more content and enables you to access more content. So we highly recommend checking that out. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Richard. It is so nice to have you on. You guys- no, welcome. Who- I'm excited to be here. I love this stuff. So I think it's amazing. I know my wife loves this stuff. And I'm excited to see you guys. So great to be, you know, see you again. Yeah. Yes. So good to see you. And, and we love your wife, too. I was just telling LJ what a gem she is. Yeah, she, she was like, if you can believe it. She's just as good as Richard. And I'm like, I can't believe it, but I'm sure she's a delight. <laughs> like, I'm sure she's a lovely lady. She's all right. Yeah. She's all right. Oh, no. We, oh, my she, goodness. She I, we were talking about you earlier, and we were like, oh, Richard, he's a national treasure. <laughs> so, Hugh, Hugh blushing now. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Of course. So Richard is an incredibly gifted medium. He has brought through, personally, he's done readings for LJ and I both personally, and he's brought through some people that were very near and dear to us. He's, he's the, and, and I used to talk to a lot of mediums back in, back in my day, but 
Richard is the only one that ever brought my dad through. My he would he would bring my godmother through often, and he's he's brought through LJ's lovely husband Ian. He did, and something that he picked up on for me that still just like blows my mind because you know when you go and you see a medium you always think like is that something that maybe that could have been found on social media maybe that maybe that could have this is one thing that I'm like literally there is no way that Richard could have found this period and I still get chills thinking about it but Richard had said tell me about the bar barbecue and I was like the barbecue it was like we you know I don't know the other night like we kind of had a potluck like a couple of friends brought over some he's like no it was a barbecue there was a man and a woman and your husband was there he's showing me that there were three three little girls I was like oh my god the barbecue the barbecue was the last time that me and my husband and our children were together with my dear friend and her husband and her husband passed away just a few short weeks after my husband did and Richard was able to pick up on all of that yeah. just I I still just cannot believe that and he had made it a point to say how important that relationship with Alana my friend would be throughout this Richard, we would smash vases together at those like rage room places. And I mean, we're it, seriously, I'm just still in awe and amaze. So hats off to Richard. He is just an amazing medium. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember the readings only because when spirit comes in, it's not my message. I'm kind of like the funnel, spirits the water, and I just pour it wherever it needs to go. So great. <laughs> I love it. I love the feedback because I'm like, I have no, I'm lucky. Yeah, people are like, oh, do you remember? Nope. No. No. It, because I literally step aside and I let spirit kind of give me whatever I'm supposed to get, whatever that is, you know, and to really help the person, because like you guys know, and I'm sure you've had friends or you've seen yourself, you know, having just those few words does so much, so much for the heart, for the mind, for there's never closure, but peace you know, yeah. and it's really profound if you can understand that and you can kind of bring that through. That's, it, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. It, it, it is. And I, I've been watching you change people's lives for years now. And so I would encourage you guys, if you're here from our page, to go over there and give Richard a follow. He does, I, I know you're still doing a lot of gallery readings. I've seen. Yeah, yeah, a lot has happened. <laughs> a lot has happened. Right. So I started, I do events. And again, what does that look like? So it's kind of like, you know, gathering of individuals, whatever, wherever spirit tells me to go, wherever a loved one is kind of like, here, here I am. And, and I go there, I give a mini message. A lot of the magic happens in the individual reading you know the one-on-one -on -one. you have an hour 
I mean, I go pretty deep in my one hours. I mean, you've seen it. So I do that. And then I host a radio show, Guided by Spirit, in Long Island, Long Island Talk Radio. And I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I literally drive up to Long Island every Thursday, do the radio show. And it's called Guided by Spirit. We talk about all things spirituality, questions, whatever. Okay. And then we do online, you know, on air live readings. All I get is a first name and where they're from. That's it. And we've had people crying on the radio. We've had, you know, the show has just been blown up. And I'm truly blessed and thankful. But I just literally, whatever spirit gives me, I just help people. And that's, yeah, that's what I do. So I'm all over. You can go to, you know, Facebook, Richard LaRocco Intuitive Medium. I post a lot of events. I got things going on or richardlarocco.com to our updated events and book a reading, find out more about me, whatever, you know. Whatever you guys, yeah, but I encourage you guys to check them out. If maybe you just want to see the magic happen, the gallery readings are great. They're just, the 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 energy in the room is fantastic. But if if you really, you know, if you have somebody, maybe if you're like, LJ and you maybe lost somebody very close to you like a spouse or god forbid a child or a parent or whatever and you and you you, you want to make sure that that person comes through then definitely consider booking that individual reading with Richard yeah and I know in my case like Ian had passed away 34 days before what would have been our wedding day we kind of had like a COVID elopement and I had almost no expectations because his passing was so recent and I'm not gonna promise anything of spirit but I will just say I was incredibly amazed at how much Richard was able to pick up on so quickly like I felt so blessed by that amount of closure that I was able to receive in such a brief period of time from his passing is that is that rare Richard to have so that's a great question because I'm going to tell you if you've ever, if you, per, if you present that to a medium, a lot of times you will get, it needs to be at least six months to a year, you know, four months, five months, whatever it is for allow them to kind of figure out what they have to do up there. Here's, I had somebody within, I would say a hair over 24 hours. Oh, wow. Lady booked a reading three weeks in advance. She's like, older lady, she's like, I have no idea why I booked a reading. I'm like, okay, great. We book a reading. She shows up. I was doing an in-person reading in Harrisburg. And she showed up and she says, I have to be honest with you. And I said, okay, please. And she goes, three weeks ago, I had no idea why I was booking this reading. Now, it was at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. She goes, 7.24 yesterday morning, my partner of, I think it was 19 years, passed suddenly. Oh, my gosh. She goes, I don't know what you can do with that, but can we try? Absolutely. Boom. He came in right away. Evidence, evidence, evidence. I'm here. I love you. But, 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 like, heartfelt. 
connection. She, she was beside herself. So here's what I'm going to tell you. If you ever hear a medium say six months to a year, it's the medium that cannot bring through the energy. It's the medium that cannot make the connection. Our loved ones want to connect with us. It is just as healing for them as it is for us. And when they love you, you know, if your child is lost in a department store and they hear your voice, what do they do? They go run to it, right? Crying usually, they're upset, they're scared. But once they see you, they make a beeline, they give you a big hug, you kind of yell at them for running away, scaring the heck out of you, right? It's the same thing with our loved ones. So if the medium has, you know, if if it's a medium that has that strong connection, they can bring through, I've had three days, I've had a week, I've had six days, you name it. And, and a lot of times they don't tell me before mm -hmm. we book. Yeah. Like, I don't want to know anything. Yeah. I don't, I don't first name sometimes and what's your email so I can send you a confirmation and the Zoom link if we're doing, you know, whatever. But that's it. That's all yeah. I need. Energy yeah. is energy, you know? Yeah. So it's not, it's, it's uncommon for most, but not uncommon for many. Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. And it's funny with the name thing. I remember at first you didn't even have a name for my husband and you said was his name ethan but his name was spelled e-h-a-n very strange and everybody always said is that ethan is that ethan you were like he says no it's not ethan <laughs> and that just always sticks out to me because he, he would always be like they always say it's ethan and you were like right away when you first it's met not Ethan. He says it's not Ethan. Oh my gosh, it's just such an incredible gift you have, Richard. We're so grateful to have you on today. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And the funny thing is, I'm actually really bad at names in real life. That's I'm true. horrible with names. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Great yeah. with is horrible with names. So when readings come in, if I get a name, I celebrate it like it's nobody's business because. <laughs> <laughs> literally in real life you're lucky i remember yeah joe hey you doing no it's bob but that's okay yeah, sure Free no problem you were there it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good okay so do we want to go ahead and get into the case we do so for today's case interestingly this one is very close to home in winter park florida for me it, i know a little it's always park. florida and colorado always florida well yeah in colorado we've had a lot of weird colorado things going on lately i don't um, know what you people in florida and colorado are doing we're not okay, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the real funny part is i spent i basically grew up in Fort Lauderdale. And I lived, I lived outside of Winter Park in Winter Springs. They're nuts. People are nuts. It is, they have too much, it's too hot to have, they can do things all year round. Yeah. Yeah. So people get crazy in Florida. That's. Yeah. And in this case, the things definitely got crazy. Our case starts with a couple, Sarah Boone and George Torres. 
they had been dating for about three years. And according to both law enforcement and sources close to the couple, their relationship was toxic. And the two unfortunately had a history of abusing each other. Information on the couple outside of this case was pretty limited. But what we do know is that Sarah was born in Winter Park, Florida. She would live there the rest of her life, essentially. We were unable to locate her exact birth date, but we do know that at the time of her arrest in 2020, she would have been 42. Oh, okay. Yes. And then we have George. She's the spooky lady. Yeah, she's the spooky lady in today's case. <laughs> what? I feel like she was going to be the victim. I don't, I don't know, you know. No, because if you're not new here, you know how we do this. This is completely blind react. Yeah. LJ's got the scoop. I just know the title. Yeah. And then next week, it'll be the exact opposite. Till we'll have the scoop, and I'll be traumatized for an hour at the hands of whatever she picked. <laughs> so our other individual predominant individual in today's case is George Torres Jr. He was said to have taken a lot of pride in his work when he was able to work. But unfortunately, there were also periods of time where he experienced unemployment due to substance related issues and crime history contributed to lack of hireability. I was also able to find that he was previously married one time before, although there was little information available on the marriage itself other than that it did end in divorce and they had children from the marriage with whom George was estranged. Now Sarah would go on record saying that the mother was spiteful and withheld the kids Mm. but we do know that George did have a violent criminal record and a rap sheet of domestic violence offenses so you know benefit of the doubt for mom it sounds like there was probably reasonable withholding for the safety of herself and her kids. Sarah it was harder for a deadbeat baby daddy than a new girlfriend. Honestly, <laughs> yes, that's a fact. And yeah, Sarah, Sarah would defend George in that capacity probably to this day from, from what I've seen of her commentary on the issue, but she doesn't, she doesn't have a lot of credibility throughout this case. So the couple has some history that we need to unpack that precedes the events of this case. The case itself takes place in February of 2020. So we're going to back it up to July 25th of 2018. Sarah was arrested for strangling. Why did I say strangling? Strangling. She was arrested for strangling. George following a dispute at a bar as a part of what was that That escalated quickly and as a part of the same incident George was accused of kicking Sarah in the face so he was booked and charged with battery during that instance now Sarah told investigators she was dragged up the stairs by George and kicked in the right eye after talking to a guy at the bar And at the time, George told investigators that Sarah tried to strangle him and that if he did not kick her off him, she would have made him incapacitated. In the affidavit for the arrest, deputies said they weren't able to tell who the primary aggressor was, 
So it sounds like they just charged them both. They were like, you you both. So charges against both of them were later dropped. It wasn't explicitly clear why, but it was implied in my resources that it was likely because neither wanted to pursue charges against the other. Now, Torres, or George Torres, he was charged with battery three times in 2019. His most recent arrest prior to the events of this case took place in September of that year when Sarah accused him of punching her in the left ear. And it is noted that there was a temporary injunction for protection in place at the time where that abuse is said to have taken place. We've got left ears, right eyes. What is going on? Very very specific, but I guess since it's an arrest report, you have to be. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Got to even it out a little bit, too, I guess. Symmetry. Oh, rough. So now we're getting to the actual events of today's case. So our case today begins on Monday, February 24th, 2020, when Sarah calls authorities from her two-story Winter Park townhome after finding George deceased downstairs in their shared residence. According to Sarah, after a night of drinking, she was shocked to find the lifeless body of George locked inside a blue suitcase. Oh. Yeah. She, she recounted that the night prior, they had played a drunken game of hide-and-seek, and that George jokingly got inside the suitcase, according to the arrest affidavit. Now, Sarah said that she passed out and forgot that George was even inside the suitcase. When she got up... At- <laughs> Richard's face when I said that literally made me stop in my tracks because, girl, no, you didn't. Lies you tell. Lies you tell. First of all, how did you forget your man was in a whole suitcase, girl? (laughs) Stop it. Honestly, though, I have to say, if I was the person that murdered people and stuffed them into suitcases, which I'm not, but if I was, I'm so forgetful that I'm just my. <laughs> oh, and that's on 88. <laughs> does she fit in the suitcase? I that's what I want to know. I'm like, is it a suitcase? I want to see like photos of this, not of the murder, but like of the suitcase. I just want to see the suitcase. Well, Was it a normal, look- like, kind of like a big, you put on the bed, you kind of open it all the way around suitcase? Was it a chest? Was it, like, what kind of, does it give a description of, like, what kind of suitcase? So, it doesn't, but I'm assuming it was big enough to fit a whole man's in there. I mean, it was definitely, like, not a carry-on, for yeah. sure. <laughs> we have to check that. This, this would not, like, get through Frontier. That's <laughs> a whole, that. whole other story. If it was a carry-on, we're doing some Jeffrey Dahmer, like, <laughs> cutting people up. Exactly. Into him, you know. Lines would have been like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that wasn't the case. I mean, there was no dismembering here when law enforcement found him. I mean, his body was completely intact. So the story that she's going with is like, oh, he got in there. We were playing hide and seek. And like, I just forgot and went to bed. Girl. Well, her story came under scrutiny pretty quickly after investigators found that George's eye was bruised and he had what appeared to be a cut on his lip. Now, I actually watched like 
hours of interview footage with this crazy, crazy lady. And what we're getting into now is directly from what I watched. So at the time of the interview, autopsy results were redacted by investigators in Sarah's arrest report. And at this specific time, the exact cause of death hasn't been released, at both at the time of the interview and now, because actually the trial hasn't happened yet. They just had to reschedule it. It was originally on the books for April 10th, but they've pushed it to summer because, well, we'll get into that later. But okay. anyway, let's see here. So what we do know about the autopsy, even though we don't have the full like cause of death ruling we do know that george had a contusion scratches and a shoulder injury that all appeared to be recent and he also had bruising to his forehead consistent with trauma to the forehead now sarah said that george had fallen off a bike and was known to have walked into door frames a lot that's just oh george he's just a door frame walker into her like <laughs> Right. So the interview pointed out that that would not explain the scratches as they seem to be very recent and would have taken place the date of his death. And Sarah became extremely defensive at this point and said that she she just had not laid a hand on them. She agreed to more DNA testing in the form of under the nail swabs because they had originally just done like an oral swab on intake when they brought her in. So at that point they asked you know can we do under the nail and she's like oh yeah like take whatever take whatever so she did agree to do more dna testing and sarah said that they had been having more good days lately and she said she just doesn't even know where these good days are coming from that's a direct quote so i guess they had so many bad days and had so many people saying like no, like, we're, we're not good. That we, we have a commenter. Tracy says, my husband's name is George, and he walks in the door we, We've got our eyes on you, Tracy. <laughs> yep. That's what they all say. <laughs> and then, now look where we are. <laughs> oh, Tracy's man. husband, if you're, if you're listening. <laughs> you're Stay away safe. from, don't travel. Stay away from suitcases. <laughs> Stay away from all the luggage. <laughs> we put those in storage. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, she said she doesn't even know where these good days are coming from. And she said that the physical altercations that they they had had was more than a month ago with a curtain rod was their last physical altercation. So she's like, a month ago? Absolutely. We would have been beating the crap out of each other. But now, like, no, we're only having good days. I don't know where this is coming from, but oh, we're not being... Thank God it was only a month ago with the curtain rod. Yeah, no, it was just a month ago, just with a curtain rod, and now we're reformed, which obviously not since on autopsy, there are all of these injuries. So they asked Sarah to kind of, you know, take them through, like, tell me what happened here. So Sarah described the day's events by providing a general timeline. Around 4 p.m., she said they did some cleaning and laundry. That night, they'd gone outside to enjoy the weather and smoked cigarettes on the porch around 6 p.m., and then returned inside to listen to music and put together some puzzles, paint, and have a couple of drinks. 
They decided to be done painting and suggested a game of hide and seek. I shouldn't laugh because maybe some people do this, but never in my life have me and my partner just been like, play hide and seek. Like, girl, Um, I'm not buying it already. The first and last time that I played hide and seek as an adult was actually with your kids. I was going to say, I can, I was probably there. No, it was, it was. (laughs) Is that day that I so recent on my recent visit to visit LJ, I I watched her kids for the day as I often do when I'm there because you know they're my little special buddies. But anyways, so they're internet era kids, and I accidentally unplugged the router. It took her like eight hours to realize. <laughs> took me like eight hours to realize I had unplugged the router, and we thought that the Wi-Fi was out because of a storm. So we were like, you know, I was like trying to entertain these kids like the old school way. We were playing Connect Four, Hide and Seek, and yeah. And that's about how frequently we hide play Hide and Seek, seek. And with the kids. <laughs> with the kids when we accidentally unplug the router. Yeah, but Sarah's saying no. Like, not only did we play Hide and Seek this night, but this is something that we've done three times before. Like three. We like okay, Sarah. You know exactly the amount of times that you guys have played hide and seek too. Like, sus. Because mm. me and John play board games, and I can't count for you on like one hand the exact amount of times that me and John have like played Mancala. You know what I mean? Like that's not something that I have like documented in my head with an exact count. I don't know. I just don't love it. I don't love it. She's suspicious. Mm. So when asked, Sarah said that never had this game before involved the suitcase. She says the suitcase is usually tucked away, but that George had taken the suitcase out so they could fill it with clothing to be donated at her son's school donation drop box. Right. Do with that because trash bags don't exist yeah that's what i'm saying like are you also donating the suitcase because i use trash bags so oh real quick and and literally this should like i just got this first of all suitcases do not close from the inside they're not meant to close even the ones the old school like our grandparents had that was like that hard plastic and you would close it and then like flap the metal flaps mm-hmm. it's utterly impossible even today with a zipper the zipper would not go around they're not meant to close from the inside that's why trunks okay now have emergency openings where you can hit a button and your trunk unlocks and opens from the inside because that was such a major issue. It is impossible for somebody in a suitcase who is crammed, okay, mm-hmm. to do this whole thing. Have you ever gotten into a sleeping bag and you got all the way down and you had to zip it up? It's not easy. So imagine in a suitcase this happening. So I'm through, I'm calling. I'm throwing the flags left and right. Lies, a lot of mental health. But the sad part is I really have a feeling spirit is just like she believes everything she says as truth. Yeah, and I would believe that. Sociopath kind of thought process. She doesn't, she's a little out of touch with reality. What happens in her world is actually very real and does not like... So that's all I got. Like, that just yeah. keeps coming in. Impossible, zipper, no way. 
throw the flag, and then she's out of touch with reality completely. Absolutely. And you'll come to see how relevant a lot of that is in a little bit, I think. But, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, there's no way from from the inside that one could physically do that. The amount of contorting you would have to do to find yourself in that position to begin with, especially as a grown man, because I'm a small person, you know? Yeah. But anyway. So, like two feet tall. <laughs> yeah, that's an exact an exact height, actually. I'm, I'm only two feet tall. So I've won. <laughs> yeah, I'm five one. <laughs> so when Sarah returned for interviews on day two, she wasn't arrested on day one, but they did bring her back on day two. She painted a very different picture of George and said that he had become very drunk. And oh, we- uh, oh hey Astro, thank you. We were just talking about her a little bit ago. She helped us kind of sort out some of our technical issues so we appreciate her but uh, when sarah returned for interviews on day two she painted a different picture of george Mm -hmm. saying that he was becoming very drunk and that she was retreating to her room as she knew that he'd become abusive if he drank too much based on his history with alcohol consumption Now, the interview pointed out that this is a very different picture than the one that she conveyed a day prior, as previously she'd been very adamant that they were both sober and didn't drink to the point of getting drunk. She was like, no, we just had, like, a glass of wine puzzles. And then now it's like, actually, he was very, very intoxicated. I was afraid for my safety and went upstairs and kind of left him where he was at to calm down. So she was talking in circles, playing the victim for the majority of the interview, saying that she stayed in the relationship because she thought that she could help make him better, essentially. And she felt like she had done that as he was largely improving. But when he drank alcohol, he'd take a turn for the worst is what she was essentially trying to spin at this point. She also brought up the ex-wife a lot throughout the interview. She was generally bashing the ex-wife's character. And the interviewers were confused about her bringing the ex up as much as she was. It was almost like, are you trying to make us think that the ex did it? Like, the ex, like, slinked into your house while you were asleep and made sure he didn't get out of the suit. Like, why are we talking about this, you know? Right. It just seemed like she was looking to redirect the interview or possibly deflect suspicion. Um, And she also made really weird comments throughout the interview that just go to show, like, how out of touch she was. Because, mind you, she was 42 at the time of the arrest, right? And some of the comments that I personally noted were just strange for a 42 year old to make in an interview was I was always a straight A student um that was one that she kept throwing out like what like 30 years ago like girly you know why why does it matter and she said you know she was always an amazing mother and she'd never do anything intentionally like lock George in a suitcase which the interviewers didn't even accuse her of at that point 
she's just like, I would never lock George in a suitcase. And they're like, we didn't actually say you did. And she's like, oh. Yeah. Oops. So the interviewer asked Sarah about her statement from the day prior that she had previously recorded instances of George's abuse for evidence. Because she had said on day one that that's something that she would do with her phone routinely. Is she would try to take her phone out and record instances of this abuse taking place to document it if something were to happen and when they said when she said that on day one they got a warrant for her phone because they thought okay there are videos like maybe let maybe there's something there let's look through it well sarah confirms on day two that yes that's correct i did record things to prove that abuse took place well at this point the interviewer pulls out a video that they found on her phone and confronts her with it and as this video is playing sarah said you guys are trying to scare me it's just immediately like oh what are you guys trying to do to me but the video that they've presented is a video of george locked in a suitcase begging and pleading to come out saying that he's suffocating he can't breathe and she's responding with things like, you can't breathe? This is how I feel when you cheat on me. How does it feel to not be able to breathe? And things of that nature. There's also a lot of expletives involved. I won't give you guys a direct twist. Plot twist. So there are actually two separate videos. And she was confronted with both of them. And she made comments like, is the video long? Because I don't know how how much I can take of watching this video. And the interviewers were like, you don't know how much you can take of watching the video. You, you made it. Like, you made the video, girly. And she just had to not, not watch it. And the interviewers said, Sarah, you, you can watch this video and have a chance to explain this. Or we're going to take this video at face value for what it is. Because at one point, George even calls out to her by name. He's calling Sarah. And she responds, that's my name. Don't wear it out. And the interviewers acknowledge, like, see, that, that's you. So, uh, you know, I'm like. Get herself in. Yeah. So Sarah then kind of digresses a bit. And she says, okay, well, when we were playing hide and seek, I did zip him in some but i left enough space for his fingers to be able to open the zipper if he wanted and then i went upstairs but there wasn't an intention to go to sleep she said that she didn't let him out because she described him as a boy who cried wolf and that she didn't think it was actually that bad that he really couldn't breathe and and I think, you know, with what Richard said, I think that she really believes that. That, you know, she, oh, well, I left enough room. He could have just opened it. Oh, well, you know, he always makes a big deal out of things. How was I supposed to know? I really, really think that she believes that yeah. she was in the wrong or, like, it's at fault, you know? Um, it really she, sounds like we're dealing with like a diminished mental capacity here i mean it's yeah a sociopath 
Yeah. But the, the funny thing is, as you're, as you're saying this, all of like telling the story, she has a lot of insecurity. I also like get hits, like an energetic kind of arrow going to his ex-wife. So I don't know if they've been talking again on some level or I feel like or he's been referencing or something going on with the ex-wife. I don't know if they've kind of like, I don't, I don't, maybe he compares her. I feel like there's something going on, jealousy along with insecurity, mental health, shake it up, and it's just nuts. And I feel like that's where we're at. I mean, I don't know anything about this case. Right. I know right. nothing. And I'm literally, I just feel like there's a tie somehow, like, if, if, if he's the wood and she's the lighter, the ex-wife is the gasoline not that she did anything but i feel like he still either had feelings for her, referenced her or talked about her on some level i mean i don't know i could be totally off right. i think it checks out because also you know we go back to where she brought up the ex-wife so many times and and to me she doesn't seem to be in a headspace where she would have that foresight to be able to, you know, we questioned, was she trying to pin this on the ex-wife? It doesn't sound like she was in a headspace where she had that much foresight. Yeah. And I don't even think as far as, and I, I mean, the, I don't think it's even pinning it on, but I think that was the catalyst yeah. for exactly. him, for her giving him abusive treatment mm -hmm. um, or doing what she, what she did to him. Yeah. I feel like that was like her, like I'm at the point where enough is enough. And I feel like, like fine, you know, and, and the jealousy and all of that. So I do feel like there was some tie. I don't think she was trying to pin it on anybody. I don't really in her mind think she was going to get caught or she was going to be able to talk her way out because she kept saying, I'm a good mom. I'm a good person. I'm smart. I'm this, I'm that. Who is she trying to prove? Like, what is she trying to prove? Who is she comparing herself to? Like, right. what's the level? What's the barometer there? No, absolutely. I mean, that makes perfect sense. I mean, even if her goal was, and I don't think that this is the case, because it doesn't make logical sense. But let's say that her goal was to divert or disconnect to the ex-wife. Is law enforcement believe that she and and what babysat the suitcase for a woman that she potentially yeah. sounds like they didn't have a great relationship you know but like Tracy said I think that she thought her story was airtight and I mean I agree with Richard it sounds like very much was fueled by one some cheating component but two a very big sense of insecurity in comparison between the ex-wife and herself, for sure. I would agree with that. Because, yeah. I mean, watching the interview for as long as I did, the amount of times she brought her up was, like, like dumbfounding, almost. It was like, why are we still doing this? And you could tell the interview, interviewers were also, like, why, why are we still doing this? Like, this doesn't make sense. Especially from the backstory, like, I was not expecting the ex-wife to be so relevant in this case. Yeah. 
And, and that's the thing. There wasn't a lot of backstory, but we do see that, that Sarah really demonized the ex-wife. She really demonized the ex-wife and she really elevated herself, you know, and it's just like, why, why are you trying so hard to prove ex-wife bad? Good, you guys, yeah. Yeah. And I think Lauren has a really, who, who made a comment, obsessive. I feel like not only that, plus, and I feel like spirits also tying in, in the sense of, so what you kind of mentioned in the beginning, like they had fun, things were going well. Why would you have to videotape abuse going on? The only time you need documentation is if it's a point of where you feel unsafe and you feel, but I really feel like it's flipped. Mm -hmm. I feel like in this case, she's the aggressor. She's the bully. She's the one with the anger issue or out of touch with reality where she's projecting her rage. And I'm going to use the word rage because I feel like if you put somebody in a suitcase and you're videotaping them and kind of acting snarky, there's something going on. Like, the, 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 you know, the, the, the screws aren't all tight. So I really feel that it's uh, – I think she's the aggressor in this and she's trying to cover herself with nobody finding that videotape. And I think that was almost for her like own pleasure and status, like gratification and almost to hold like a power over him. No, absolutely. It's like a, a souvenir almost. Yeah, like, you know? like if I'm going to let you out at the last second, you do that again and you're going to get it worse next time. Well, what's worse, death? Well, we're already there. So, um, I mean, I, like I said, I know nothing about this case. I Dateline is my wife's thing. So if I ever go missing and they can't oh. really trace oh. me, you know kind of like where to go. No, I'm kidding. But I feel like this is kind of her thing with the ex-wife, caused the rage, put abuse onto him, and started videotaping ahead of time to kind of give herself almost like an alibi, like an out. Like, a, you know, if I'm documenting, all of a sudden, I'm going to show them what I want them, want them to see, to see, you know, let me get him riled up, and then I'll record him. So they can see him being the aggressor. I think it's more of a psychological kind of flip. You know, and that's something that we see actually pretty commonly in domestic abuse situations where there will be a narcissist who's an antagonizer of sorts and they will press exactly what buttons they want to press in order to get the response that they want and then record the person's reactive abuse and then use that to say oh look how crazy they are look how unhinged they are yeah and it seems that that was definitely something Sarah practice I can see my mother-in-law commented we call my father-in-law sunflower that's his grandpa name she says that sunflower thinks both Sarah and the ex-wife I mean it could be for for me personally I don't think that the ex-wife was directly involved 
I think it's very much like a Taylor Swift. I, I would really like to be excluded from this narrative era type thing. Like, I, I don't think that the ex-wife personally was like directly involved. In did just, you like, just quote Swifty? I absolutely did, Richard. But here's the funny part to that, okay? So Sunflower feels it's that way. But I'm going to throw something at him being in the sense of, because she's all over the place and her her alibi is very sloppy, mm. I have a feeling she would turn on her, the ex-wife, in a second. Oh, absolutely. She threatened to kill me if I didn't go along. It was her yeah. plan. It was cue bus and pursing falling in front of it. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, she is all over the place. So... They would not be like girls supporting girls. This isn't like <laughs> that type no. of thing. I don't think. <laughs> Just I don't hashtag think. girl code. <laughs> yeah. This is not a hashtag girl code situation. I don't think. I could be wrong, but. I just feel like this lady, like Richard said, is so unhinged that I don't think that if she made a pact with someone that she could have the mental wherewithal to keep to it. Honestly, I, I don't think that she could. No. Now, I'm just kind of re revisiting notes here to see where the best part is to pick up. Uh, but let's see. So the first recording was alleged to have been filmed shortly before midnight on Sunday. And that one's about two minutes long. And throughout the video, the suitcase can be seen facing downward in the home's living room. And she's saying things like, for everything you've done to me, expletive you, and thing, things of that nature. And he's responding, I can't bleeping breathe, seriously? And so the dialogue continues. We hear Sarah reply, that's what you get when you choke me. And then George actually tells her explicitly, Sarah, I'm suffocating. And that's when she replies by accusing him of cheating on her. She says, that's on you. Oh, that's what I feel like when you cheat on me. Now, then we get to the second video. And George is again heard calling out Sarah's name. And in the arrest report, this is when they see that the suitcase was in a different position during the second video than the no. first video. So George would not have been able to maneuver the suitcase in his condition. He would have had, you know, limited energy. I'm sure he would be out of breath by this point from the sounds of it. He wouldn't have had the ability to move the suitcase from my understanding of how things were set up. She would have had to physically have changed the position of the suitcase from point A to point B. So Sarah was booked this day on the day of the second interview. She was booked by Orange County Sheriff's De deputies on Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. And she was charged with second degree murder she let's see the trial was originally set for april 10th of 2023 but it has been postponed to july 24th i'm not entirely sure if this is related but i would imagine so i did see that in october of 2023 
Sarah had written a grievance to her public attorney, Frank Bankowitz, citing that he'd been appointed to her for 84 days at the time of her filing of this grievance and that they'd only spoken three times. And she felt that as a result, she had very little idea of a plan of action for her defense or what she may need to be doing to prepare for trial. So at this point, we just know that this trial has been scheduled for July 24th in Orange County. My plan is once we know the outcome of the trial, we might not do a full episode on it, but we'll at least do a quick update, maybe preceding another episode, just to let you guys know how the outcome of the trial went. But yeah, this is just an all-around... Oh, that's like in your neighborhood. Yeah. Literally, I could, I, I've had lunch there. Yeah. This, that's where I go to get my nails done, girly. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, too close to home. Too close to home. So do we know what there's, because I kind of have an idea of what the outcome is going to be, what Spirit's kind of showing me. I have a feeling they're going to get her on every count. But I feel like there's going to be one count they're going to find less of, which is going to stop her. I don't know if they're going for the death penalty, but I do feel like she's going to get life in prison without parole. And I wouldn't be shocked if they do try to pursue the death penalty. I know Florida, there's only a few states that actually have that. And I really feel like she's on the cusp. It could be one little one count that goes from a one to a two or whatever it is that's might keep her out but i'm telling you i I, she's going away for life in prison without parole i mean you guys have it here i really feel like they're going to even try to pursue the death penalty once she goes for like a mistrial or like a rehearing you know, she's going to kind of like, you know, the lawyer is going to try to, I don't know, maybe rebut it or, or whatever. They're going to retrial. I don't know how that works. I stay out of the court system. I got enough to worry about. I see dead people. So, uh, <laughs> but I feel like this is going to be, this is open and closed and she's going to basically get it on all counts. And you know, there she's she's not mentally well. And I also get a sense at some point she'll probably say that the abuse was so bad that caused the mental health and trauma that she's also not right for a normal facility that she needs some mental evaluations. So I feel like she she's literally holding the card in her sleeve, waiting to say, yeah, no, I'm nuts. Like, I'm Girl Interrupted, you know, old movie, Angelina Jolie, Winona Ryder kind of thing. I'm nuts. Like, I feel like that's going to be at some point she's going to try to use everything that she can to get out, but I, she's totally guilty, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, I personally would love to see her convicted and like prosecuted to the fullest extent i just feel like this is such like a a gross crime tracy agrees that she thinks that oh 100 she'll pull the crazy card i mean she hasn't yet but i absolutely it's there agree. yeah it's there it's because there. i mean you guys know like you, you can see it you've done enough of these where you can see what somebody steps what their steps are right 
ahead of time. Oh, yeah. And the prosecution is going to eat her up. And I oh, feel yeah. like the defense is going to just try to, they're dealing with the lesser of two evils. If I can just get her off a couple of counts, right. I did my job and that was a success. I kept you from dying because right. I feel like they're going to try to go after her. And this is somebody that is next level because if she would do it and record it to him, she has the capacity to go there in another state or another situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And she's definitely, definitely, she's really unwell. But is that, although I 100% think she's going to play the mentally ill card, what I think is going to long-term benefit the prosecution in getting that guilty verdict is that you can be mentally ill but not have a diminished capacity and I don't think that she has a diminished capacity I think she knew what she was doing was wrong I think that she knew enough to try and cover her tracks and lie her way out of it and if you have that amount of foresight then regardless of whether or not she plays that mentally ill card which I think she will for sure it's not going to behoove her at the end of the day. Yeah. Sociopath with lack of empathy. Mm -hmm. And so sociopaths don't have empathy, but the fact that she actually videotaped in a taunting manner and watched somebody die of, you know, basically oxygen, you know, suffocation. Yeah, I mean, that's a horrible way to go. Yeah, too. I mean, slow. Very that's slow. That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Well, Richard, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. This was fun. I've never, you know, it's interesting. I've dealt with paranormal. I've done that. I've been on Travel Channel. I've done all kinds of stuff like that and Discovery Plus. And, but I've never done kind of true crime and real things. And energetically, it kind of just, it literally shows you like, you know, where the footprints are that nobody can find. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I could be totally wrong. I'm not, my wife hates when I watch Dateline because two minutes into it, I'm like, oh yeah, he did it. And I went up, she's like, oh, come on. And she shuts it off because it's usually, and then she'll watch it because she like records it. And she's like, you stink. Yeah. And I'm like, I, what's the matter? Like, she's like, no, you knit, like you get it. Like, that's not fair. Be quiet. I'm like, well, you put it on. Yeah. So energetically, it's very simple. But, you know, it, it's really sad. It's really sad that this is out there to this capacity. But you guys are doing an awesome job. I know, you know, my wife loves podcasts like this. She's going to start tuning into you guys and other people. So because I feel like, and she even said that the authorities listen to a lot of these to get insight onto solving crimes. I didn't know that. That's yeah, like there's a, a lot of, they actually have areas that listen to a lot of, like if they're, if you have a cold case or like this case, there might be somebody out there just listening wow. and saying, you know what, that makes sense. We didn't think about that. Oh, that makes sense. We didn't think about it because when you get into that mindset, you're looking for all those abnormalities within the storyline and you guys pick it up better than anybody. So 
I mean, you guys are doing an awesome job. I'm excited to be part of this. Thank you so much, both of you, for having fun. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I know we're just like, like a, a little baby podcast, but <laughs> we but are. that's how it starts. Yes. You know, that's how it starts. You're doing something you guys enjoy and you're having fun with it. Yeah. And that becomes contagious. Yeah, we well, love thanks. it. So, yeah, you got my support. I love you both. And, uh, you know, like I said, I have a couple of things coming up. You can go to richardlarocco.com. If you are in the Long Island area, chances are you might not be. 103.9, or you can go on Spotify. You can listen to it or go to the state or go to my Facebook, Richard Larocco Intuitive Medium. You can listen to every Thursday at three o'clock or my podcast, Guided by Spirit. I put on the shows. I put all kinds of good stuff. I may even put this on because I think this is great conversation and allow my listeners to experience you guys and having fun. But I think it's great. You guys are, you know, awesome job. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so, so much. much. Really enjoyed this tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We're, I'm not going to go into our socials in this episode. You're on one of our socials. You, you already know what it is. <laughs> Check Richard out. You know, we've got some more great content coming your way in merch at saysycorightnow.com. Yes, perfect. And episode 13 drops at midnight. So if you're yeah. up for a couple more hours, check it out. Check it out. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. 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 Oh no, did we perform a fuckeroni?